0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dawkins. Welcome to a Baltimore Ravens playoff edition of the show today. I hope all of you out there in Ravens Nation are doing really, really well and taking good care of yourselves and being safe out there. And I hope all of you out there are making good, smart, careful decisions. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, happy Purple Friday to everybody. I hope every everyone out there in Ravens Nation are really excited about this game and and the one thing that I've really noticed about this game coming into this the Ravens Sunday night game against the Cincinnati Bengals and by the way um before I talk about what happened last Sunday against Cincinnati the one thing that I'm really noticing about this Sunday night's playoff game against the Bengals which by the way this is the first time ever that the Ravens and the Bengals will play each other in a playoff game. So, that's again, that's something to think about. But the one thing that I'm really taking away from the fans' thought process on this game is, despite the fact that, officially, that Lamar Jackson will not play in this game, and he's going to miss his sixth game of the season with his PCL injury, the one thing that I'm really taking away from this game is is a lot of... Fellow Ravens fans, including myself, are really, really confident about this game. Despite the fact that we don't have Lamar. And the reason why I say the Ravens, oh excuse me, the reason why I say Ravens fans are really, really confident about this game is because of how last Sunday's regular season finale against the Bengals ended. Which brings me to... The Ravens regular season finale against the Bengals. So let's go back for a minute. As we all know, the Baltimore Ravens suffered a week eighteen season finale loss to the Bengals 27 to 16. And just to throw the numbers out there to you guys, I want to throw these numbers out there to you guys. Anthony Brown, third string rookie, uh quarterback undrafted. Went 19 of 44 for 286 yards, averaged 15.1 yards per play, zero touchdowns, two picks, and was sacked four times. Kenyon Drake had 16, carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Likely, who I said all the way back before the season even started, Isaiah Likely has been playing so very, very well this season. And I said this before the season even started, when I saw him Against the Arizona Cardinals, and it was probably even before that. But when I saw him do what he did against Arizona, I knew in my mind that Isaiah Likely was going to be able to step up and play to the level of his capabilities and take that pressure and take that load off of Mark Andrews. And he's done that and so much more. Isaiah Likely had, thir- had was targeted thirteen times, had eight receptions for one hundred and three yards. Sammy Watkins, two catches for 79 yards. Charlie Kohler, who just now got back and is starting to get his feet underneath him. Charlie Kohler, four catches for 49 yards. DeMarcus Robinson, who really struggled in this game. He had two catches for 24 yards, and Kenyon Drake had two catches for 19 yards. And then on the Bengals side, Joe Burrow had to, Joe Burrow went 25 of 42 for 215 yards. Averaged 8.6 yards per play, one touchdown, two sacks, and was 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 stripped sacked from behind by David Ojabo, who he is now on the Ravens defense is starting to get his feet underneath him. The Bengals really couldn't run the football. They had 55 yards of rushing total in this game. Jamar Chase had thir- was targeted 13 times, had eight catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd had was targeted seven times, had five catches for 50 for 51 yards. Joe Mixon had five receptions for 41 yards, and Hayden Hurst had four catches for 14 yards. And as far as each team's stats, the Bengals' out time have possessed the Ravens 31 minutes and 19 seconds to the Ravens 28 minutes and 41 seconds. The Ravens had more total yards, 386 to 257. The Ravens ran the football way, like, a thousand times better than the Bengals. 110 yards rushing to the Bengals. 55, obviously. The Ravens had five penalties. The Bengals had three. The Ravens um, gave up four sacks. The Bengals only gave up two. And the Ravens ran 11 more plays than the Bengals did. 75 to 64. But what I want to talk about with this Ravens-Bengals game is there were a few things that stood out to me in this game. And, again... I want to bring up some more numbers that indicate why that score twenty seven to sixteen with the Bengals and the Ravens that score really doesn't tell the whole story of how that game went. I want to break some numbers down to you guys. Jamar Chase was targeted was targeted four times and caught five passes for fifty one yards and one touchdown in the first half, okay he went off in the first half of this game to a degree. In the second half, Jamar Chase was targeted six times. Had only three catches for 37 yards and zero touchdown receptions. Okay. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are, and Joe Burrow threw for 120 yards and had one touchdown pass in the first half. In the second half, Joe Burrow threw for a total of 40 yards, was strip sacked and lost a fumble. Like I mentioned before, David Ojabo had a strip sack. The Bengals only rushed for 55 yards in this game. They could not run the football to save their lives. To save their lives. They could not run the football. The Ravens' defense. This is how good this Ravens' defense was this entire game. People look at the 27 points and say to themselves, damn, okay, Ravens gave up 27 points. No. The Ravens' defense only gave up 17 points in this game. Here's why I say that. The Ravens defense only allowed 3 points in the second half of this game after allowing just two touchdowns, 14 points from the Bengals offense in the first half. I'm going to say that again. The Ravens defense only allowed 3 points in the second half of this game after allowing just two touchdowns from the Bengals the, from the Bengals offense in the first in the first half. The Baltimore Ravens' defense, this is how good this Ravens' defense has been since we uh, since we traded for Roquan Smith. The Baltimore Ravens' defense gave up 17 points total in this game. That's the same amount of points that this Ravens' defense gave up the last time the Ravens played the Bengals here in Baltimore and the Ravens won. Okay? Another thing. Late in this game, there were two big mistakes that the Ravens offense made in this game. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you Ravens fan, Ravens fans out there know what I'm talking about. The play with James Proche, when James Proche was running down the sideline and he had like a, like a seam vertical route and he was left wide open. High, and, and I still don't understand how James Proche did this. James Proche did not have any kind of awareness of where he was on the football field. Ran out of bounds, did not know where he was how how that happens. I don't know he comes back inbounds catches the ball on a thirty two yard pass down the sideline gain and 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 gets a big gain out of that play puts the ravens in position, but then he gets a penalty for illegal touching, which takes that which which erases that play and puts the ravens offense back in a stagnant situation fast forward Late in the ball game. The Ravens again driving down the field. Sammy Watkins catches a thirty-one yard pass down the down the right sideline. And as Sammy Watkins is catching the football, he's running down the sideline, and there are three Bengals defenders around him. And instead of him getting down and just giving himself up, he tries to gain more yards and he fumbles, which pretty much ends the football game at that point. If those two mistakes do not happen with this Ravens offense. The James Proche illegal touching penalty and Sammy Watkins fumbling that football, those are two big plays in this game that the Ravens offense would have made that would have actually made this game a hell of a lot closer than what it actually was. And let's just say, for example, that that James Proche play actually counts and James actually is aware of where he is on the field at that moment. Let's say that James Proche play actually counts. That could have turned into three points right there. Let's say that Sammy Watkins play where Sammy doesn't fumble. Let's say that play stays with the Ravens and Sammy doesn't fumble. Let's say that play turns into another three points. The Ravens could have lost this game either 27 to 22 by five points. Or let's just say the Ravens capitalize on that James Proche big play. And it doesn't turn into a mistake, and they score a touchdown on that play. But then Sam and then on the Sammy Watkins play, they come back and they kick a field goal off of that. If those two mistakes don't happen, the Baltimore Ravens could have either lost this game twenty-seven to twenty-two, or they could have lost this game twenty-seven to twenty-six. They could have lost this game by less than six points with a third string rookie back with a third string rookie backup quarterback and Anthony Brown Jr. With that with the Ravens defense playing as well as they played in this football game, and with the offense missing on those two big opportunities that, uh, big opportunities that they missed on, the totality of this game, if you really look at this game and you break it down, take those two mistakes out of it, and with the Ravens defense playing as well as they did in this football game, the Ravens should feel really, really confident. The Ravens defense it should feel really, really confident. This Ravens offense should feel somewhat really really confident too. Because they were a- <clears throat> excuse me, they were able to make a couple of big plays on this Bengals defense. But like I said before, neither one of them counted because both wide receivers made mental errors. <clears throat> so this game, if you really break it down and you really look at it, this game was a hell of a lot closer than people think, if you really break it down and you really look at it. Like I said before, the Ravens could have lost this game either by five points or they could have lost this game by one point. And then, not only that, here's the other thing that people need to think about too. The Bengals did not put up another offensive touchdown for the rest of this game. They got another touchdown off of a strip sack from Anthony Brown in the end zone when he fumbled. That turned into seven points. And then Evan McPherson kicked a field goal. That's another ten points. You take those ten points away, the Ravens more than, li- the Ravens more than likely mess around, and they win this game. If those ten points that Cincinnati got don't take place, and if the Ravens don't make mistakes on offense mentally with their two wide receivers. So, all in all, like I said before, This game was a lot closer than what it should have been if you really look at it and you really break it down. Because sometimes scores, no matter what sport you play, scores can be deceiving. Scores can be misleading if you really watch the game and you really break it down for what it is. So a lot of Ravens fans, including myself, are very confident about this game because of how well this defense has been playing and how well this defense played in the second half of this game. I'm 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 really confident and I'm really excited about about this game, even without Lamar moving forward. But this game, this coming Sunday night against Cincinnati in Cincinnati, is going to be a big game. It's going to be huge. Like I mentioned before, it's going to be the first time that the Ravens and the Bengals have ever played each have ever have ever played each other in a playoff game before. And I have a stat for you guys and I know you probably, and I know you guys are probably thinking, Jared, enough with the numbers, dude. But I got I got a stat for you guys that I'm gonna bring up a little later on that I think plays in the Ravens favor a little bit. And I'm gonna bring it up a little bit later. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna tell you guys why the Ravens and Roquan Smith agreeing to a five year extension. It's actually huge for Lamar Jackson and his contract extension talks with the Ravens coming up after the season is over. And also, I'm going to give you. And also, I'm going to give you guys my keys to the Ravens-Bengals first ever playoff matchup on Sunday Night Football. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Ravens Nation. As we all know, the Baltimore Ravens and Roquan Smith came to an agreement on a massive. Five year one hundred one hundred million dollar contract with linebacker roquan Smith and roquan Smith is the first off ball linebacker in nFL history to receive a contract worth twenty million per year five years hundred million dollars forty five million guaranteed and the and I've seen a lot of people on social media. Just automatically assume that with Roquan getting the deal that he got, that it automatically somehow means that that the Ravens aren't going to be able to get Lamar's deal done, or that automatically means adios to Lamar, bye Lamar, um, or Lamar is not going to get the money that he wants now, or that or that the Ravens, or that him or that him and the Ravens feel they can come to a reasonable agreement on, just because Roquan got his money. That's not the case here. And I want to make this very, very clear to a lot of you out there who just automatically have this assumption that just because Roquan got his deal done, that that that, that automatically means bye Lamar. It was nice knowing you. It was fun while it lasted. You know, here's what I want to make clear to all of you out there the Baltimore Ravens, we all knew that the moment Roquan Smith was traded here, we knew a lot of us out there knew that Roquan was not going anywhere He that he was going to be he was going to get an extension and he was going to be a Raven I even mentioned this to a friend of mine and if he's listening, I appreciate you, thank you for listening he knows who he is I even mentioned to him that it would be smart for the Baltimore Ravens to get a deal done with Roquan so that way once the offseason comes, all you would have to worry about is getting a deal done with Lamar. And all the offseason would have to be is just strictly worrying about Lamar and getting a deal done with him. And that's what the Baltimore Ravens did with this contract. They got Roquan out of the way. Roquan is done. They don't have to worry about him. He's locked up for the next half decade, and he ain't going nowhere. Speaking of Roquan, here's what Roquan Smith said about the process of getting the contract done with the Baltimore Ravens and Eric DaCosta. Here's what Roquan said. Quote, it wasn't an easy process, but I have the utmost respect for GM Eric DaCosta. I think he has a very I think he's a very honest guy. A lot of times people say, oh, gosh, players can't negotiate without agents and things like that. And that's not something I truly believe in, because like talking with Eric throughout the process, like I said, he was honest, you know, kept his word. And, man, I've got a lot of respect for him and I can't thank him enough for actually being fair and, you know, seeing the value in me and making this happen and making Baltimore home for me. So. For anybody out there. And this is another thing that people need to understand about this whole thing with the Ravens and Roquan and Lamar. Like I said before, just because the Ravens got this deal done with Roquan does not automatically mean that Lamar's out the door, Lamar's gone, he's gonna be traded or whatever. People need to stop jumping to conclusions. People need to stop jumping to conclusions and stop and think for a minute. God gives us all brains for a reason. People need to really start using them nowadays. Like really, especially especially when it comes to the way that professional team organizations operate and how they operate. Especially when you see them operate the way that they operate with players and things like that. But with Roquan, this is now the second time in Ravens franchise history that they have negotiated a contract with a player who does not have an agent. Let me take y'all back about 17 years, okay? 2006. 2006. I'm taking y'all back almost 20 years. 2006 when the when the Baltimore Ravens and Ed Reed were coming to an, were trying to come to an agreement on a contract extension. Ed Reed did not have an agent. And the Ravens and, and and Ed was negotiating his contract on his own just like Roquan is doing, right? Just like Roquan did. Ed Reed, Roquan Smith, and Lamar Jackson are all in the same boat. And on two of these, and on two of these and on two previous occasions, the Baltimore Ravens have proven that they can get a deal done without a player having an agent. So this is actually a really, really good thing for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar. And this puts Lamar and this puts the Ravens in even more goodwill with Lamar Jackson because Lamar can hear this or look at this. He can hear this from teammates or just simply look at this and see and say to himself, not only not only did this organization take a chance on me, but they've shown in the past that even if a player does not have an agent, they can still find a way to get a deal done. Because, and and so, so me me seeing that, I'm talking about Lamar for a minute. With Lamar seeing that, he can can say to himself, okay, all right, Eric. Okay, Sashi. Brown. You guys have done this already on two separate occasions. Even though, even though you guys have still been in the process with doing it with me, you guys have even more goodwill with me. I trust you guys even more because you guys have gone through this process multiple times already. And you guys have gotten these deals done with players who have who don't have agents. And for people out there who have this mindset of Lamar probably thinking or, or Lamar probably giving Eric DaCosta or Roquan the side eye, and saying to the, and, and and Lamar saying to the Ravens, "Oh, you are gonna take care of Roquan, but you're not gonna take care of me." No, that's 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 not what this is. That's that's not what this is. And any and any Ravens fan and any Ravens fan out there that actually thinks that you're delusional and you just simply don't know what you're talking about, okay? It's just that simple. So, bottom line, like I said before, the Ravens and Lamar getting this contract. Oh, excuse me, the Ravens and Roquan. Getting this contract extension done only puts the Ravens in more goodwill with Lamar, and that gives them, and that gives Lamar more and more, more of the ability to trust the Ravens moving forward, because they've done this with Roquan, they've done this with Ed Reed, and they've gotten deals done with both of these men who do not have agents. So for everybody out there that's panicking and losing their damn minds and automatically thinking, oh, Lamar has gone because Roquan got his deal and and it automatically means that the Ravens you know, took care of Roquan but they ain't going to take care of Lamar, stop jumping to conclusions and calm the hell down. Like, seriously, calm the hell down. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. I believe, now if I'm wrong, and I'm just going to simply come out and say this right now, okay, I'm going to say this right now, so that way, if it does happen, that I won't be shocked or anything like that, or I won't be thrown off guard, if somehow, some way, the Ravens and Lamar do not come to an agreement on a contract extension, and the Ravens do end up trading him, or Lamar ends up just leaving in free agency in general, I will come on here and I will admit that I was wrong. But until that happens, until that happens, I see Lamar remaining a Raven for a long, long period of time. Whether it be by contract extension or him getting franchise tagged multiple times and then him and the Ravens coming to an agreement on a contract extension, I don't see Lamar going anywhere. I've been saying this for the longest damn time. I don't know how many more times I need to say it. And I'm going to continue to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. And I'm going to stick to those guns until Lamar actually leaves and is traded or leaves in free agency to go somewhere else. But I just want people to just fully stop and understand and realize that just because Roquan got his money, does not mean that the Ravens won't get a deal done with Lamar. It is actually a very positive omen for what is to come for Lamar and the Ravens this offseason. And like I said before, it puts Lamar and the Ravens, well, I'm sorry, it puts the Ravens in more goodwill with Lamar because Lamar can look at this and see the history of the Ravens getting deals done with players who don't have agents and that's a huge 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 benefit and a huge 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 um it's just a huge huge thing that the ravens have in their corner when it comes to lamar and the ravens getting a contract extension done this coming off season it's 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 really really huge and it's really positive for the Baltimore Ravens. But next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you guys my keys to the Ravens-Bengals' first ever uh, playoff matchup this coming Sunday night on Sunday Night Football. All right, here we go. Key number three. The Baltimore Ravens' defense needs to get to Joe Burrow and get to him consistently. consistently. The Bengals' offensive line ranks 20th in the league in sacks allowed with 44. The Ravens' defense is tied for 5th in the league in sacks with averaging 2.8 sacks per game. With the Cincinnati Bengals Cincinnati Bengals losing their left guard, right guard Alex Kappa with an ankle injury and them losing Lyle Collins with a season with a torn ACL, that is absolutely freaking huge for the Baltimore Ravens. And it is huge for that defensive line because if you really go back and you watch that Ravens-Bengals game, the Baltimore Ravens defensive line actually missed two or three other sacks that they could have had in this game. They could have, they could have legitimately sacked Joe Burrow four or five times in this game. But Joe Burrow's escapability is just unbelievable and it's out of this world. But, like, but like I said before, the Ravens need to get to Joe Burrow and they need to get to him often. If they get to him, if they get to him and they get to him early and they rattle him and they throw his game off, the bang, Joe Burrow is going to make some mistakes. So that's key number three. Key number two: the Ravens' offense needs to protect, protect, protect the football. If this Ravens' offense does not turn the football over, the Ravens have a real legitimate shot at winning this football game. The Ravens, are, the Ravens, rank eighth in the NFL with averaging only 1.2 giveaways per game. Per game. That is huge for a Baltimore Ravens football team whose offense, without its star elite quarterback hasn't who, who who hasn't been on the field the last 6 games, 6 games. That is huge for a Baltimore Ravens offense who has put up less than 20 points in every game since Lamar Jackson is out. If the Ravens can protect the football, the Ravens have it, with the Ravens playing defense the way that they play, if the Ravens can protect the football, they really have a legitimate chance to win this game on the road in Cincinnati. And my number one key to the Ravens Bengals playoff matchup, the Ravens need to create at least two big plays offensively and play the time of, and play the time of possession game. If the Ravens can create two at least two big plays like they did in the season finale this past Sunday against Cincinnati and those plays don't turn into penalties or turnovers, the Ravens the Ravens will have a legitimate chance to win this football game. They will have a legitimate chance to win this football game. The Ravens rank seventh in the league in time of possession, averaging 31.9, uh, excuse me, 31 minutes and nine seconds of time per game. And not only that, if the Ravens can slow the game down, run the football, pound the rock, which they which they were really really successful at against Cincinnati in the season finale, if the Ravens can run the football, play time of possession, keep the Bengals offense off the field and the ravens can control this game with the way they play defense and how dominant this defense has been the ravens have have a real legitimate chance to steal this football game without lamar jackson so those are my keys to the ravens bengals first ever playoff matchup This coming Sunday night on Sunday Night Football in Cincinnati. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, Ravens Nation, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. Ravens Nation, I got two questions for you. How far will the Ravens go in the playoffs this postseason, with or without Lamar? And who was your X factor for the Ravens come the playoffs? For the offense, is it? J.K. Dobbins, is it Gus Edwards, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Charlie Kohler, is it Demarcus Robinson, or on the defensive side of the football, football? is it Roquan, is it Roquan Smith, is it going to be Marlon Humphrey, is it Marcus Peters, Marcus Williams, David Ojabo, Odafe Owe, who is your X-Factor or X-Factors for the Ravens on offense and or defense Come the playoffs in January. So those are my two questions to you guys out there in Ravens Nation. How far will the Ravens go in the in the playoffs this postseason? How far do you believe they will go? And who are your X factor and or X factors for the Ravens come the playoffs when the playoffs officially start? Those are my two questions for you guys. And I will put this question in the in the in the Q and A section of the Anchor app. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify, the question will be in the Q&A section of Spotify if you're you're listening to my show on Spotify and you'll be able to answer the question there. But with the moment of truth, Ravens Nation, for the first time ever probably on this show, I will not make a prediction on who will win this game or who will lose this game. I'm not going to make a prediction. I'm not because... We just don't know what to expect in this game. This is the first time. This is the first time that the Ravens and the Bengals have ever met in a playoff game, and this is the first time that the Ravens will play a playoff game without Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback since Lamar was drafted to the Baltimore Ravens in two thousand and eighteen. So, this situation is so unique and just different that I'm not gonna make a prediction for this game. And I know a lot of Ravens fans out there are probably automatically thinking, oh, we don't got Lamar, oh, we're going to get smashed. Oh, we don't got Lamar, oh, we're going to lose by 40. Oh, we don't got Lamar, oh, oh the Bengals fitting to light us up by 50. No, that I don't I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe the game is going to be a lot closer than people think. But And because it's an AFC North matchup, you're not going to be, like the Ravens aren't going to be able to fool the Bengals and the Bengals aren't going to be able to fool the Ravens. This game is going to be physical, it's going to be hard hitting, it's going to be in your face. And we just do not know what to expect in this football game for the Baltimore Ravens. So that's why I say I'm not going to make a prediction for this game because I'm just going to sit back and watch this game, see how this game goes. And however this game was meant to end, however this season was meant to end for Baltimore, that's how this season was meant to end. But I want to throw this stat out to you guys really, really quick before I go. The Cincinnati Bengals. The last two times that the Cincinnati Bengals have played an AFC North opponent in the playoffs. They're 0-2. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2005 in the wildcard round. Pittsburgh was the sixth seed. The Steelers beat the Bengals in Cincinnati 31-17. 2016, the Pittsburgh Steelers again played the Cincinnati Bengals. The Steelers were the sixth seed. The Pittsburgh Steelers knocked off the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati 18-16. The Baltimore Ravens right now, they're the sixth seed. And who are they? They're an AFC North opponent. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to win or lose this game, but I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys to let you guys know that the last two times that the Bengals have played an AFC North divisional opponent in the playoffs, they have lost both times. And both of them were to the Steelers in 2005, 31-17, and in 2016, 18-16. And the Steelers were the sixth seed both times in both of those games and the Ravens right now are the six seed I'm just throwing that stat out there I'm just letting you guys know just throwing that out there just saying but with that being said Ravens Nation thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast Baltimore Ravens edition I'm your host Jared Dawkins if you would like to follow me on social media you can follow me on and you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook you can follow me on Instagram at quiet soul 24 lowercase q u i e t lowercase s o u l 24 again on Instagram at quiet soul 24 lowercase q u i e t lowercase s o u l 24. You can follow me on Facebook at jared dawkins j a r e d dawkins d a w k i n s. And if you would like to send me any ravens related questions, you can send them to my email at j dawkins24 at yahoo.com lowercase j lowercase d a w k i n s. 24 at yahoo.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. Ravens Nation, I hope you all enjoy the game as much as I will. I, I can't wait for this game. I'm really, really nervous. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. I'm out. Peace. Go Ravens.